When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Hi, Anna. Hi, Andrew. And hey, everybody else. And hello to our podcast, Scary, scary Stories, stories to, tell to, to Tell on the Pod. It's a podcast about scary stories, urban legends, frightening rumors, um, cringeful thoughts, uh, things that go what in the night? <laughs> um, it's about dogs who walk around on their hind legs. It's about cats who walk around their hind legs. It's about Basically something scary that you sort of vaguely remember um, someone from like uh, like your friend from the beach question mm-hmm. mark like your if beach you, friend. Yes. If you like went to a lake one time and there was one really mouthy kid who was telling all sorts of stuff about like aliens and then you vaguely believed that until you still do. Anna, that's what this podcast is about. You mentioning the concept of a beach friend is something that like just like sucked me back to a point in time that I haven't thought about in forever. Wow. Beach friends. Like friends of the thing that you did once or twice a summer. I'm talking about like people you remember, even though you shouldn't. Like I remember being told stuff by my brother's Boy Scout group kid. You know? Yeah. He'd he'd pop off about what ghosts were. (laughs) And that has just become something I genuinely believe. Wow. Speaking of popping off, uh, on our Twitter account, Anna and I compiled a little homage to the hot dads of horror film and television. Hot dad whore. Hot dad whore. And people have got all sorts of thoughts that I I love. I, there's a lot of creativity in terms of hot dads that, that are being pitched. Um, Dr. Frank and uh, Furter from Rocky Horror Picture Show has been That's right, he is a dad. Yeah, he's a dad. A also, family can look like anything. Yes, Alec Baldwin in Beetlejuice is a father figure to Lydia by the end. Sure. Um, so sound off. Sound off. Uh, head on over to uh, Scary Story underscore pod. Yeah, there's, uh, there's no wrong way to be a dad either. You know, <laughs> no. like I would say Richard Roxborough and Van Helsing counts. Yep. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's a really good point. You know, sometimes mom moms can be dads. That's (laughs) very true. Yes. Tony Collette from The Sixth Sense. She was a dad. Yes. (laughs) Is Tony Collette in The Sixth Sense? Sometimes I get her confused. Yeah. No, that Oscar nominated. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, Um, As you could tell by by this banter already, uh, while we while we are a podcast that talk about scary things. It is through the lens of comedy because that's Anna's and my bread and butter. So that's, that's just how do. it's going to be. And you know what else is our bread and butter is actual bread with butter. <laughs> no, we it's like been it. a carb heavy spring. It's carb it? day. Um, carb day. Uh, yeah, the April has been happening since November. So <laughs> it's all been just one big tooth. Um, <laughs> I have uh, realized um, it's it's just a good idea in quarantine to keep track of how much fiber you're eating and what fiber is and where it comes from. I think I didn't understand. I thought fiber was like exclusively like leafy greens and beans, yeah. but yeah. it comes in other places too. Like what, what are the places you've discovered? Um, I was very surprised that uh, whole wheat pasta, a lot yeah. of fiber. A lot of didn't fiber. And you know what? A, a respectable amount of protein. Yeah, shocking, isn't it? It sucks well, a little bit. It makes me feel better about eating nothing but pasta. And I know it counts. It's a protein. Um, <laughs> we we had a joke about cauliflower pasta in a sketch that we did, and we're being sent cauliflower pasta now. Oh, and boy. I'm excited to taste. I'm very curious. I I am often dubious of cauliflower substituting in. I like cauliflower, but I love I, cauliflower. I'm I find it a little too sweet to be a rice. I had it as a substitution on a burrito for rice, yeah. and I found it to be a little bit sweet. 
But I did sub it in. I made roasted cauliflower tikka masala, which was actually quite Whoa. good. Oh, like whole little florets? Yeah. Yeah. Which was Ooh, good. That sounds good. I think I, I've had like deep fried um, buffalo cauliflower bites. Oh, which yeah. Are hard great. to go wrong. Um, I also really like Trader Joe's makes a mashed cauliflower frozen Ooh, thing where it's that. just like ice cubes of you just got that yeah <gasps> have you had it before i haven't yet i'm dying andrew it is the staple of my heart it's my favorite <laughs> thing to think about it's just good it's it's for people who don't know how to feel them feed themselves oh. um but someone's uh, which, looking out for us yeah we're moving on but anyway um uh, food and fiber it's all about ghosts basically <laughs> i'm not gonna work much harder cauliflower, than that cauliflower is the ghost of vegetables that's yeah. what we're just gonna leave it at. Cauliflower uh, is doing a ghost pose at you. It's like, oh, <laughs> look at my hands. Oh. Ladybird well, just started wagging her tail. I'm sorry. It is a Hoyne's day. <laughs> it's a Hoyne's day. <laughs> Which means it is an urban legisode day. It is. And it is my turn. Andrew, it's your turn. And as I mentioned during my last Urban Legisode, uh, I'm going to be doing this thing for a little while until I get bored of it, uh, which is unpacking an icon of horror. Icons uh, of horror. Icons of horror. Uh, last time we did the origins of the living skeleton trope. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this time, uh, my icon of horror comes from or is inspired by uh, both a text that Anna and I received from friend of the pod and very funny writer and raconteur Mara Wilson. Yes. Um, who texted us the following. My sister and I just had an experience that would be very at home on the podcast. The cat started staring, whining, and scratching at the door. No. The cat, that's atypical cat behavior. To whine at a door? Dogs. Whining? That's dogs. Yeah, dogs are sort of upset with doors. Cats are kind of affronted by them, but not whining. <laughs> right. They're personally offended by yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I opened the door, but we didn't see anything. There weren't any bugs or anything. He's still looking at it. No. Then Anna and I screamed via iMessage. Uh, then Mara says, we ended up calling our stepmom and sister-in-law about it because they have both actually seen ghosts and stuff. So we ended up sprinkling salt around the door and tying a white cloth <gasps> dipped in holy water around the doorknob. Wait, I didn't get this message. This didn't come through. Oh, no, it didn't? For me, okay. the message just ended with the cat. And I was like, that's spooky. Oh, oh no. Here, it, it keeps going. Forward. Oh, my God. Um, so they put salt around the door, tied a white cloth dipped in holy water around <gasps> the doorknob. We kind of appealed to both the Jewish and Catholic sides of our family. Always smart. Always smart to play, play both sides. Um, the other cat was hanging out by the door a lot too. Milo continued to stare at the door for a really long time. So this is creepy because we're used to the idea of dogs maybe staring or whining at empty corners of rooms. That's kind of more of a horror movie trope, right? But cats, cats are more like, I feel like aloof supernatural entities typically. Yeah. Cats like... I don't know. I guess like when you live with them, you can see the ways in which they're annoying. But like to me, they just seem more businesslike than dogs. And like dogs seem like, you know, the simple cousin of the animal kingdom. Like if dogs were a person, they would sell LuLaRoe. Whereas cats, I feel like would just would like be a college student who like starts investing their paycheck or something. Totally. So when cats see ghosts, it's much scarier to me. I just yeah. believe them more. Yeah, cats are Lydia Dietz from Beetlejuice, and uh, dogs are Sydney Prescott from Scream. It's a it's a lot more like ah, like running and screaming. That's dogs. Oh and yeah, Lydia's more aware but not panicking. Right. Um, so oh, as luck would good. have it, also to our our to our Gmail account, we received a cat related uh, story. So this a is from CRS. A CRS. Put yes. it in the book. That's what Jason um, does with everything is he just does the acronym for it. I admire the swiftness of your ability to do that or anyone's ability to do that. It he takes does. me forever to think of the first letter of each word. <laughs> I'm just I'm more practiced. Uh, Jason <laughs> does it for everything and really quickly. It's fine. We're becoming uh, the same person. It's great. <laughs> I think it's good. Uh, so this is from AJ. 
Hi, Anna and Andrew. Love the podcast. I came for the scaries, and I'm coming to terms with the funnies. Hey, thanks. <laughs> thanks for sticking around, AJ. Oh, my God. Yes. You're the jock that joined Drama Club. I love that. I think this that's great. great. This is great. I have a weird story from 12 or 13 years ago when I was living in an old duplex built in the early 1900s for mill workers during Pittsburgh's steel boom. Wow. Ooh. That's the scariest series of words I've ever seen. There's a lot of evocative ghost yeah, story words. In you there. and I would not do well in this time period. <laughs> no. <laughs> As with many 21-year-olds living in a new city with their older friends with benefits, that's what FWB stands for, right? Older FWB? Oh. Yeah, friends with benefits or like fresh washer boy? Fresh wastebasket? Yeah, <laughs> anyway. with your fresh wastebasket. <laughs> I was rarely sober or alone. Got it. Yeah, with your um, fresh wastebasket. Yeah. Very important for when you're rarely sober. You need the wastebasket. You waste can't basket. be messing around with an old wastebasket. Okay. No. One of the first nights that I was alone, I was sitting in the living room playing video games. I started hearing banging noises in the basement that we only ever went in to reset the internet modem. No. Oh, I just ignored the noises because it was a duplex and I figured it was the neighbors doing something in their basement. It started getting annoying and it was late, so I decided to go upstairs to my bedroom. Not long after I got to my room and closed the door, I started hearing the banging noises again. And no. this time, they were louder, as if they were coming from directly below me. Not thinking much of it, I went to check it out to see if I needed to send a passive-aggressive email to the neighbor. Wow, know that feeling hard. Emailing a neighbor is very sort of chic. Uh, yeah, when you and it's like if you're thinking about doing that, stuff's getting serious. I just, just having your neighbor's email is like such a oh, that is true. It's such wow. a a moment. <laughs> but yeah, a passive aggressive. Ugh, you really you only get two for the entirety right. of where you're living, wherever you are. So if you're going <laughs> to use one, it really has to be worth it. <laughs> that's true pick and choose carefully yeah it's kind of like calling captain planet you can do it once an episode um <laughs> It'd be funny to have an ep write a spec script for captain planet where he's just continually getting called down <laughs> this i mean you could just pick up that cliff bar wrapper yourself next time <laughs> ultimately i think you're lonely and that's why you're calling me <laughs> okay so uh, we hear the banging yes when i got downstairs the noises stopped and nothing seemed out of the ordinary except the basement door was open. No. This was a bit strange because it was never open. I shrugged it off and closed it, guessing that the door hadn't latched when it was last closed. I went back upstairs and went to bed. About 30 minutes after falling asleep, I oh. was woken up by the banging again. No. This time so loud that my door was shaking. I put Scary. on clothes and set off to go next door and knock on the door to get the midnight banging to stop. But when I opened my bedroom door, sitting in the middle of the upstairs no, landing no. was a slender black cat. No. I did not have a cat. My roommate was very allergic. There were a ton of strays in the area, so I figured one got in somehow. I approached to try to shoo it out, and, ran, and it ran downstairs. Uh. I followed and got to the bottom of the stairs just in time to see it turning to go through the now open again door no. to the basement. We're not. No. I said, uh. fuck this. I'm not dealing with this tonight <laughs> and closed the basement door and propped a chair against it. <laughs> oh, my Smart. God. How scared must she have been? Yeah. Very scared. Are they? He, yeah. AJ, we don't know. AJ is simply is. Yes. Before heading back upstairs, I went to the kitchen to get a drink of water. The second I walked into the room, I noticed that every cupboard and cabinet door was wide open, which they had definitely not been when I went upstairs. No, 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 no. A little freaked out, a little, I closed the doors and went upstairs. A couple hours later, my roommate woke me up coming home, and I told him about what happened earlier. He said, oh, that's weird. The neighbors texted me earlier to ask us to quiet down. <gasps> Twist! I went into the basement, and there was no cat. I am and always have been a skeptic when it comes to the paranormal. However, this was undeniably creepy. Keep up the good work, AJ. AJ? No, AJ. Oh. AJ, what did you do after? Did you go uh, to bed? I don't know. Did you move? But this is the big reveal would be a cat has written this email and AJ's, AJ died 12 years ago. Oh my God. AJ. Cat has assumed AJ's identity. Oh no. AJ so, is, oh. 
Yeah. I went back to my yarn. (laughs) So I went back to bed in the basket of laundry. Um, Oh my God. AJ, good story. Very good story. Very well. I love a classic, a classic black cat. I know that we're supposed to love like fully black animals get, or especially black cats get adopted less because they are um, considered to be unlucky. I know. Well, that leads us to this episode's icon of whore, Black Cats. <gasps> so, uh, once again, I've written a little essay. Uh, these sources oh. stem from Classical Cats, The Rise and Fall of the Sacred Cat by Donald Ingalls, The Encyclopedia of Things That Never Were by Michael Page and Robert Ingpen, Snopes, and our favorite book, Wikipedia. Andrew, you're king. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's just start scientifically. A black cat is a domestic cat with black fur that may be a mixed or specific breed or a common domestic cat of no particular breed. The Cat Fanciers Association, which I didn't realize was a thing, that the actual term is cat fancier. (laughs) They recognize 22 cat breeds that can come with solid black coats. Their high melanin pigment Content causes most black cats to have yellow or golden irises. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Uh, So the folklore surrounding black cats varies from culture to culture, which I think is important to point out. The Egyptians worshipped Bastet, uh, who was the black cat goddess of home safety and women's secrets. (laughs) (laughs) Which I like. Um, You gotta. You gotta have a, a whole goddess. We got wow. some more foley, a squeaky, creaky door opening spooky to let the opposite of a black cat, my white dog outside. <laughs> um, Japan finds black cats to be good luck. So does oh. Scotland, Latvia, oh. Italy, and certain coastal areas of the UK, which we'll get to soon. Oh. But the prevailing Western association with black cats as being evil or um, misfortunate, misfortunate, I don't think that's a word, but let's just run with it. Misfortunate. Uh, Oh, misfortunate. Unfortunate is probably the way to, but that makes no, it sound. I think misfortune is different than un, unfortunate. I agree. I'm making that, we're making that call now. I think it's misfortune-ish. Uh, <laughs> so largely their association with misfortune-ish stems from old European <laughs> folklore, uh, typically Celtic or Germanic. Uh, in Celtic mythology, a fairy known as the cat Sith takes the form of a black cat to cause mischief. Um, in German folklore, it's believed that a lady who owns a black cat will have many suitors and potentially is promiscuous. Oh my God. Yeah. Interesting. It's really just a Rorschach. It is a real Rorschach. I think because black cats are striking that you have to have an opinion on them one way or the other, you know? It is an event. It is an event. Um, elsewhere in Europe, black cats have typically been looked upon as symbols of evil, uh, omens of bad luck. And specifically being suspected of being familiars of witches or actual shape-shifting witches themselves. Sure. Oh, and this I thought was super interesting. So uh, one theory behind um, black cats and why we think they're evil is that uh, some people thought that their fur was black because they're in hell so often that their fur gets singed and covered in ash and soot. It's sort of the like <laughs> uh, the raccoon eyes, uh, sunglasses tan Yes. Of cats, where it's like, oh, I guess, <laughs> do you own a boat? <laughs> You're trying to read the environmental con- contributions to appearance. Oh, my God. Uh, uh-huh. So uh, this folklore then worked its way into Catholic church dogma um, in the 13th century. Vox in Rama was a decree sent by Pope Gregory the Ninth in June of 1233, condemning the heresy of Luciferianism said to be rife in Germany, and he authorized the preaching of a crusade against it. Isn't that crazy? A crusade against? Against the devil and and Satanists or devil worshippers. So obviously the 13th century was a time of like a lot of superstition and saw the demonization of heretics, as the church put it, um, because they attributed any lack of belief in the Catholic faith to the devil. Um, which is a pretty convenient way to look at it, you know? That's how I feel when people don't like um, garlic. (laughs) Like, you don't like my favorite thing? Okay. (laughs) Well, you're dark-sided. Yeah. 
Uh, it was during this time that there was a great zeal for the sending out of inquisitors by the Pope and local bishops with the aim of seeking out potential heretics. In 1233, Con- Conrad von Marburg, which just that just sounds sure. yeah, began an inquisition in Mainz. I'm guessing that's the German pronunciation of it. At the behest of the Pope. Allegedly through terror and terror. Ooh, through torture and terror. Torror and terror. <laughs> Have you met my cousins? Uh, Tour and terror. (laughs) Uh, Conrad reported he had uncovered a satanic cult which worshipped devils in the form of a demonic cat and a diabolical black cat. Oh, nope. A demonic man and a diabolical black cat. This led to regional mass killings of black cats. No. Sometimes just indiscriminately any cat. And this went on for decades which a- caused a significant uptick in Europe's rat population, which definitely <gasps> helped spread what? The Black Plague, oh, baby. Oh, my God. That's what you get. That's what you damn get. Um, Awful. Yeah, isn't that nuts? Oh, my God. What a bad, bad time. I know. Just just the, the lack of foresight, too. Let's kill all the cats. It's crazy that our brains are still the same. As they were back then. We're basically you know? doing the same thing. I know. That's right true. We're, we're two minutes away from a press conference where someone's about to say like, and you know what? If you haven't killed your cat yet, give that a try. Some people we are saying. We don't know yet. We could, <laughs> we could look into that. Um, so then let's fast forward. Like uh, uh, for hundreds of years, this like gradual distrust of cats was deeply held by a lot of people. Um, there was a, a, um, a superstitious belief that you, ca- you cannot let a cat be in a room with a sleeping baby because uh-huh. they will lie on top of the baby and suffocate it and steal its soul, I'm guessing. I think that might yeah, be the thing. Yeah, they, they take its breath, I think. Yes, that's it. Yeah. They take its breath. Which, like, I think comes from the cat sniffing the face, which is, as we call it with Ladybird, Ladybird always wants to lick mouths of people. Yeah. It's because the mouth is the flavor hole. Right. So that's true. I think it's the cat is sniffing the the flavor hole. Oh yeah, that's the best way to put it. It does. If you would walk into that, your first thought would be, "Oh, the cat is stealing the baby soul." Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I still am not sure. Um, I I don't know that they mean it. They're still trying to get to the flavor hole. But sometimes it's sort of like um, when you uh, when you're drinking bubble tea and you take too many bubbles, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is the texture of a soul, is much like a yes. tapioca pearl. Yeah, it's kind of shocking, but you're like, I'm getting used to this. Um, so then let's fast forward to pilgrim times. When they arrived at Plymouth Rock, they brought a whole lot of these beliefs with them. Um, in, it, which is also like combined with Puritans in particular really imagined the devil as a personified – is like a, a man who lives in the woods who walks around and is like trying to take your souls. Um, and he often has uh, familiars or takes the form of typically black animals, goats, dogs, crows, cats, etc. Uh, they viewed the black cat as a companion or a familiar to witches. In fact, in the Salem Witch Trials, black cats were mentioned more than once as agents of the devil. And Anna, I have to tell you the name of uh, a woman who was accused of witchcraft who then – saved herself by accusing other people of witchcraft. Uh, her name was Dorcas Whore. <laughs> oh. Which. Well, you know what? At a certain point, Dorcas Whore. We're all Dorcas Whore. I was a little bit primed for this information. I think I'd be melting down and losing my mind if I hadn't <laughs> already watched um, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a there's the weird sisters. There's three witches, and one of them is named Dorcas. I think the most important one, like the so sort hard. of lead, is named Dorcas. Which, like, or no, is that the redhead? I don't know. But yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to have like a CW Moody Riverdale sort of vibe, and then be like Dorcas, and she's like <laughs> leading an orgy, which I is know. great because like good for her. Yeah, there's something when when um, a very cool person has a really dumb name. Their powers are intensified uh, to supernatural levels. Yes, you know. Oh, Dorcas. Yeah, like a like a hot like someone hot whose name is like like Byron. You know, like yeah, or it's like, going to work out. Ha- like Hermie, Hermie, 
I don't know. <laughs> Hermie Hermie. Hermie Hermie. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, so then this is interesting. In contrast, the supernatural powers ascribed to black cats are viewed positively uh, in coastal England. For example, British sailors considering a ship's cat would want a black cat on board because it would bring good luck. Uh, sometimes fishermen's wives would keep black cats at home too and hope that they would be able to use their influence to protect their husbands at sea. Uh, pirates of the 18th century believed that a black cat would bring different kinds of luck. If a black cat walked towards someone, that person will have bad luck. If a oh. black cat walks away from someone, that person will have good luck. Conversely, in the United Kingdom, if a black cat walks towards someone, it is said to bring good fortune. But if it walks away, it takes good luck with it. Huh. Which is what a what a funny switch. I'm not good at keeping track of stuff enough to be like, wait, which way is the cat going? I know, I know. That's like every different chef on YouTube has a like different idea for how to track how many turns your dough needs when you're rolling it out. And every one of them <laughs> seems like a brain puzzle that I would have failed to get into the gifted program in fourth grade. <laughs> it's like mark two lines in the flower and then a one across. And that means you've done five. It's like, what? Oh, my God. I know. And, and forgive me, Andrea. I know you don't menstruate, but this is sort of like for me, women who are like, well, I'm in my luteal phase, so I just need to eat a lot of fermented <laughs> foods. I'm like, uh, I've ruined every couch in my entire life. I never. It's always a shock. Um, yeah. That's, ultimately, if you're a witch, I guess you're good at keeping track of this sort of stuff. Oh, boy. Yeah. What you got to know stuff. You got to know stuff. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here with huge news. We have a terrific episode of Office Hours Live prepared for you. We had the great stand-up comedian Kyle Kinane come in and a very special in-studio music session from legendary Emdu Mokhtar. You're not going to want to miss this one. You can find it on your podcast app of choice by going to Sears or Macy's and getting an iPod and then coming home, charging it up and listening through your app. Um, so then I also just thought this was funny. So a uh, friend of the podcast, Paul, who gave me the Wandering Hitchhiker book, uh, sent me this amazing page from uh, the Encyclopedia of Superstitions, Ooh. which is like an old, old book um, originally written by E. and M. A. Radford. Uh, and I just love – this is just a collection of uh, cat, black cat um, superstitions. If the if the black cat sneezes near the bride on her wedding morning, <laughs> no. she will have a happy married life. <laughs> no. At other times, a cat sneeze means rain. And if there are three sneezes, all the family will have colds before long. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, an old and cruel superstition said that when a cat fell ill, it should be put outside at once because of its sickness. Even if not infectious, it would run right through the house. So, too, a dying cat was often thrust outside for fear that death, when it came for the animal, would stay for some member of the family also. Yeah, like, I love that, like the devil, death is like a guy or like, <laughs> even if it's invisible, it's just like it walks around on its little feeties like people do. Yeah. And the concept that it's like, well, I already killed your cat. Uh, what, are you, what are you guys doing now? It's like when you eat a full meal and you're like, do I need to eat a bigger meal? <laughs> or it's like when you do when you do something with a friend that's kind of a new friend and it's like something that seems like a day-long activity like going to the beach and then at the end of they're like you want to go see a movie and you're like i do but are we allowed to just keep doing stuff together can we keep friending <laughs> is that the rule oh my god um, oh this is interesting in some northern districts it is or was thought unlucky to flit a cat that is Flit? to take it along when moving from one house to another. Many a poor creature has been abandoned and left to fend for itself oh. because of this idea. No, flit your cat. Yeah, flit your cat wherever you want. Um, oh my God. Miners will not pronounce the word cat when down the mine. <laughs> what? I don't know why. What do they say? 
Uh, well, th- down there they call cats horses. It's super confusing. <laughs> and horses, they're called Daniel. <laughs> Come on. And in Cornwall, formerly, if one was found there, the men would not work on that level until it had been killed. <gasps> Wait, if they found a cat in the in the mine? In the mine? Yeah. Cat, why are you going to the mine? Yeah, get out of the mine. What are you doing in there? Seamen also avoid the name uh, also avoid the name when at sea, but to have a cat on board is lucky. Wow, that would get super confusing. You have a cat but you can't say cat. What would be a good like um like the opposite of the Jason sort of acronym for cat, like a C A T? Mm-hmm. Like a a clever athletic um trend? <laughs> uh, yeah. Clever, ad, clever athletic trend. Yeah. Um, yar. Yar. Uh, let me try that again. Uh, the luckiest types of cat on a boat are black ones without any white hairs on it. So, oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is, and this is kind of a repetition of when Wikipedia on the Yorkshire coast, if a fisherman's wife keeps a black cat in her house, her man will return safely from sea. Baker remarks in his history of Scarborough, 1882, that in that town, this, this gave black cats such a value that no one else could keep them. They were always stolen to throw a cat overboard raises an immediate storm at sea. (laughs) But few sailors would ever dream of doing such a thing to their luck bringer. And it is extremely rare to hear of any shipwreck in which the cats are not among the first to be saved. <gasps> wow. Good. Good. Man, their cats are either up or down. Yeah, really? It's, I guess it's hard to have a lukewarm reaction to a, to a stark black cat. It kind of mirrors how people feel about cats in general. Yes. Yeah. Actors say it is very ill-omened to kick a cat. <laughs> Yes. Let's, <laughs> Actors let's, do say that. They are constantly saying that. Every person I worked at a steakhouse with definitely said that. <laughs> at the end of my audition for Carnegie Mellon, they were like, and would you kick this cat? And it's sort of like how in a driver's test, they're really not supposed to allow you to ask to do something illegal. Anyway. Yeah, but they, uh, they got it. Uh, it is lucky to have one in the theater, but if one runs across the stage during a performance, some misfortune will follow. Oh. Wow. It's so funny to think. Of course, because now I'm thinking about Cats, the musical, and there's like a theater cat. And there would be just cats that lived in theaters to kill rats and mice, right? Oh, interesting. I thought it was just to sort of that it's like a big open space where people are sometimes, but not all the time. So they can sort of eat our our little snacky crummies, but not be bothered. Yeah. In, in, in Shakespearean times, the cats were the house managers. Yeah, they were the ones, they were little headsets and they were like, guys, seriously, like, if you are going to do that fight rehearsal, like, I need to be there. (laughs) Ushers, listen up. Guys. If if I don't see someone with a program coming back from the bathroom, I am going to ask to see their ticket again. Let's just agree on that. Let's just. Um, When cats run about wildly or claw at carpets and cushions, wind is coming. When they wash over their ears, rain is foretold. And when they sit with their backs to the fire, frost, or in some districts, a storm is coming. A well-known cure for a sty in the eye is to stroke it with a black cat's tail. A tomcat for a woman, a queen for a man. (gasps) Are are, are female cats cats called queens? What? Everyone stop everything. That's cool as hell. cat. Sorry, I'm still on Dorcas whore. Female cat. Aren't we all still on Dorcas? Called a queen. Yeah. Oh my god. I love that. We need to use that more. I think it's like an English thing. I think that's great. But also. Oh Um, wait, when they're pregnant, I think. Oh yeah. Well, Uh, it's all over the place. So when when this (laughs) cat's when a cat's tail brushes your eye to get rid of a sty in it, you were supposed to say the following: I poke thee, I don't poke thee. I poke the quiff that's under the E. Oh, qual away. Oh, qual away. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. Say the first. Was it the first one? I poke thee. I don't poke thee. Yeah. Was yeah. this the invention of I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. <laughs> <laughs> it's also um, it's also an alternate like interested or un- un- uninterested on scruff term. 
<laughs> I poke thee. I don't poke. Thee. Oh my god, I poke thee, but just to see if thou pokest me. <laughs> and then, yeah, like if we're friends or something, I want to see like if you <laughs> poked me. Wait, how are you going to get a cat eye on your a cattail on your eye? I don't know. That's a great question. I guess Seems it's hard. like if you you have to have a certain rapport with your cat. Maybe there's like you've come to an understanding of when you put your face in a certain like maybe you have a sty and you just sort of put yourself in positions that you feel a cat will brush by you. If a cat's tail touched my eye, I'd have to wear an eye patch the rest of my life. Yeah, I'd call the police. <laughs> I'm just so allergic. I'm so allergic. <laughs> Sorry, I'm bragging again. Uh, I did. Oh, yeah, I did. Bragging about being thing, allergic really. to cats. Um, um, so uh, so those are the folklore. And then, Anna, as you were saying, black cats have been found to have lower odds of adoption in American shelters compared to other colors except brown. Sweet. Although black animals in general take more time to find homes. Although that's not the right word for there. Um, and the reasons for this are not just because of superstition, but also that the, the thought is that black cats don't photograph as well. I was going to say that earlier. It's the same thing with dogs where like their features just don't, they're not as dimensional. I think also and, with like point and shoot cameras, like they just don't, they're not as good. Yeah. And that thing. Yeah. A lot of times shelters are, use, are using like those old digital cameras where just nobody looks good. Yeah, or like bad phone. Yeah. Um, so I was looking up urban legends about cats. Uh, there's one that cats are victims, which is that um, animal shelters do not let people adopt black cats in October because oh. of satanic rituals in which they're killed. That's actually not true. That can't be true. But uh, shelters often do suspend or limit adoptions of black cats around Halloween. Uh, for fear that they are just like it's sort of how, how people get chicks or bunnies for Easter, mm. that they're just going to have them for kind of decoration and then not take Bring care of back. Them. Yeah. yeah. Um, a there has been an uptick in adoption of black cats since 2018 and the release of the film Black Panther. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. A panther is a cat. I was yes. this. Uh, and yeah, that there's been a lot of, I guess there's been like a significant increase in that. There's also August 17th, which is black cat appreciation day. Um, and people are encouraged to adopt black cats on that day. And that's all the info I have about the origins of black cats as an icon of horror. Icon of horror. Andrew, what a good job. Thank you. This one was interesting. I, a lot of, boy, when you when you Google search like are black cats unlucky, I didn't know how many um, like independent cat fan websites there would be, and it, it it's really inspiring to see how strong their crusade to restore the name of the black cat is. Good. Oh, thank God! You know what? Every every cause needs little soldiers. So. <laughs> That's real good. That's true. Andrew, good essay. Thank you. Yeah, this this one was also fun uh, because, yeah, we think of black cats as being such significant presences in horror movies and things. Uh, and it's helpful to know that a lot of people think they're good luck. Uh, they, they're something, you know. And love knowing about that Egyptian black cat goddess who's the – who's the patron goddess of, uh, like what laundry and being a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That would be something that someone who hated women would say. And I, I am owning it, (laughs) but also it's like, I think that would be reclaimed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, she's such a bastet, which I dig. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm lighting a candle to bastet tonight. I'm wearing like a nameplate gold necklace that says best dead on it. <laughs> and Anna, I know you and I are, you're allergic to cats. I also have a minor allergy to cats. Chris is very allergic to cats. We think of ourselves certainly as being more dog people, but sometimes the right cat comes along. And I, yeah. I, don't, I don't take that as, I don't have judgments about cats as a whole. I think, um, I think maybe I'm not cool enough to be a cat person. I don't know. I think I, I think it's I think it's different things. I think like cats are cats are like skinny leather jeans and but they're <laughs> yeah. also like a big pitcher of iced tea and That's true. Dogs are hamburgers and <laughs> they're also flip flops. Dogs um, are blue Kool Aid. 
Yes. Whereas cats are like a lavender spritzer. Yes. I I have to say, I think my early opinions about cats were formed when I was a little kid. Um, I walked into our family friends, the Kaspowitz's house, and their cat that I believe was named I I could be wrong. I feel like its name was Dale Dale Earnhardt Dale Earnhardt. <laughs> I think it was named <laughs> really after a race car name driver. For cat. And um, I walked in, I was probably three years old, and the cat leaped onto my chest and punched me in the face about 30 times. And I was not going towards it. I was not aware of the cat. I I had no idea. Like, I was not a kid, like, lumbering towards the cat. It just jumped and punched me in the face so many times i hate that andrew i'm so sorry that happened you must <laughs> so, have been so flustered i, I imagine a three year i didn't <laughs> cry i think i fell backwards and i was just stunned for the next hour oh my god the concept that any living creature would want to harm me was a new idea it's shocking yeah. cats are such mysteries I, I don't understand i had a friend whose childhood cat like Got extremely injured. I'll, I'll keep it easy in case you guys are eating, but became injured in such a way that if you saw it, you'd say there's no possible way for that animal to still be alive. <laughs> Certain parts of the animal were on the part of it that aren't it's on the outside oh. part of oh. <gasps> it. Just the end parts of the tail and ears were just absent. Oh. And they were like, oh, we are going to just let it die, I guess. Cause like taking a, and I don't know. It just, it yeah. didn't, they were like, I think they thought it was dead and they were like, let's, it was at night and they were like, we'll do something in the morning, but they just couldn't deal with it. Cause it was so <gasps> horrible to look at. Oh, and they, they went in the morning and it was gone. And I think they were like, Oh, some other cats must have eaten it or something. And oh. then it came back completely fine. Like it just didn't, it wasn't, uh, it didn't, <laughs> and the the only way you would know that it had that issue was that it had like a little the tip of its ear was kind of gone and its yeah. tail was a little shorter. Holy smokes. I would think that that, that maybe that that creature had had a deal with the devil if I had if I had like had never read zoo books. You know? I think that cat is. I mean, it's crazy. And he also his meow was a little bit weird from then on. It was like. <sighs> a meow, meow. Yeah. But like it completely lived to be like 28. Wow. Just, and they're just mysteries like that. I feel like yeah. dogs come back and they're like, here's what happened. Like you can usually tell. That's true. Like if Ladybird has a dust bunny on her nose, she's been looking for treats under the fridge. <laughs> I kind of know what her deal is. Although I will say, um, Chris's aunt and uncle had this big, this big gorgeous dog named Casey who was like out of control, could not be trained, <laughs> was insane. And then he got hit by a car oh. and had no injuries. But then he was the best dog imaginable from that point forward. He was like <laughs> super do- like, and and I don't know whether maybe there was some brain trauma, but he was a great dog. It was the equivalent of like a, a railroad spike to the head. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like when it's like when you hear about very mean people. Yeah, like someone hits them with a cocaine outlet, and then suddenly they become super generous. You know, yeah, <laughs> specifically generous. Yeah. Oh my god, Casey. Yeah, yeah Casey. And uh, what's funny is before before Casey been hit by the car, it was kind of a <laughs> it was kind of a mess. Um, uh, Chris's grandma, who, who like was so funny and had this great Irish accent, one time said about the dog that. Casey is neither of use nor ornament, (laughs) (laughs) which means it doesn't look, it doesn't serve any purpose, but even worse, it's not an attractive dog, but I thought it was a beautiful dog. Oh, that is devastating. I also forgot that Chris is related to uh, Maggie Smith from Downton Abbey. (laughs) Oh my God. I know. She was kind of a, she was kind of a nicer Maggie Smith. Um, yeah. Brittle, brittle, brittle. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, there's sorry, I completely missed this one detail that I just had to say. Do um, that from Vox and Rama that uh, that Bishop Conrad von Marburg. Um, he noted that <laughs> uh, if a man or woman had a black cat, there was a significant chance they were a homosexual. Which 
I mean, look, you, of all this, the, of all the superstitions, there has to be one that's correct. I know, and I, I, I cut this out because it just didn't seem that relevant. But the other thing about Conrad is that he wrote things that sound more like um, erotic fan fiction about like like homosexual witch orgies, and it, uh-huh. at a certain point, you're like, I see what's happening here. Yeah. You're thrilled for different reasons. It would be like if today a scientist was like, I really need to investigate the fact that all these Sonic the Hedgehogs are getting pregnant. (laughs) You know, it's like... I need more money. (laughs) You'd have to do so. Which, I don't know if if any of you know this, but there is just a, a, a shockingly large subculture of fan art of pregnant Sonic. Often being held by tails or a pregnant uh, knuckles. <laughs> I mean, look, he, he rolls up into a ball. It's all there. He's yeah. all spheres. There's a lot of spheres <laughs> in Sonic. There's a lot of loops. There's rings. It's all about the circles. It's all about the womb. Yeah, that's the clearest kink there is. <laughs> yeah, that for me makes sense. That's um, sort of the new foot fetish, I feel like, is pregnant Sonic. <laughs> I'm so yeah. sorry to everyone who isn't a dirtbag and doesn't <laughs> think about these sorts of things normally. Yeah, I'm so sorry to end the episode on the note of pregnant <laughs> Sonic, but... Well, because Sonic is a cat, so... Sonic is a cat, classically. Um, Anna, this has been... Oh, do we want to do uh, scary ideas for things that can happen? Yes, I'll okay. start. You're doing a puzzle. And you've got all the outside pieces... And most of the inside pieces. But then you've got about 30 pieces that don't seem to fit together at all. And for weeks and weeks, you you have it out on a different table. You're trying to figure out, are my eyes tricking me? What's going on? And you separate it by pattern and some that have faces on it. And slowly, over the course of weeks, you realize that they're all fading that the color is draining from them. And before long, they turn completely white. You are terrified. You're like, is there some sort of like something wrong with my fingers? What's going on? And then you wake up one day and you look at the table and all of the puzzle pieces have a tiny little word on them. And you put them under a microscope and you see that they say, he was a skater boy. (laughs) It's the entire lyrics of Skater Boy by Ethel Levine. That That could could happen. happen. You can't say it couldn't. No. You can't look me in my eye and say it couldn't happen. We're I fully expect happen. some of you to reach out to us and let us know that it has happened. Please don't not all at once now, but one at a time for years okay. and years. Okay, here's mine. Okay, Andrew, go. You go to the grocery store and you're surprised because every other time you've gone, it's been pretty crowded. But this time you're the only person there, except for a little old lady at the checkout counter. Oh. And you're walking down one of the aisles. When, from behind you, you hear, Smuckers? You turn around, and that same little old lady is standing behind one of those free sample podiums and is offering you a little Dixie cup of Smuckers. Oh. And you say, uh, no thanks. And then you go down to the next aisle. But when you turn to the next aisle, she's there in that aisle behind that little podium. She offers you a Dixie cup and says, Smuckers? And you say, no, I really don't want any Smuckers. And then you finish your grocery shopping, you go to the checkout, and that little lady is there again. And as you begin to unpack your groceries, all of the cabbage and all of the broccoli and all of the tomato paste you've picked up is gone. And your cart is just filled with jar after jar of Smucker's All Natural Preserves. That, that could, could happen. happen. Andrew, that's scary. Listen. Scary. Yeah, 
I, I just was thinking about the what's what's going on with all the free samples people in this climate. They're smuckers, lady. They're turning into ghosts. They're turning oh into ghosts. Oh, my God. And, of course, this was sponsored content for 10% <laughs> more jelly in your next smuckers. Open smuckers in the grocery store and sneeze <laughs> scary stories directly into the top. <laughs> um, no. I, I will say this this uh, scary idea for things that could happen is inspired by years ago our friend Billy Domino um, initiated an improv scene by saying, you can really tell the difference between smuckers. Which, when you think about it, is a sentence that makes no sense at all because you can really tell the difference between smuckers and what, you know? Yeah, that's going to be a Billy Domino. <laughs> it's a true Billy Domino. And we can roast his ass because he recently revealed he used to listen to the podcast and now doesn't. I know. You know what? It's fine. Sometimes no, it's not. Sometimes people run out of time. Friends fall apart. These things happen. Yeah. Uh, Everyone, hashtag roast Billy Domino. <laughs> and speaking <laughs> of hashtags, you can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at scary story underscore pod. You, you can, can. Oh, sorry. You, oh, sorry. I was going to say you can also email us your scary story like AJ did. Thank you so much, AJ. Yes. Thank you, AJ. Um, we would say you can text us like Mara, but it's just we've already got enough friends to keep track of. You can't. We'll we'll we get scared. We'll spook like a horse. Um, but the, the email is um, scary story, sorry, scary story pod at gmail.com. That's and the correct. password is private. <laughs> also, apparently, there is another podcast, I believe, called Scary Podcast or Scary Story Podcast or something. And oh. they have been getting a lot of our <gasps> emails. What? Yes. Wait, uh, no. Someone, someone emailed us and was like, hi, I meant to send this a long time ago, but I sent it to the wrong email address. And apparently it's another podcast about scary stories. And they were like, yeah, we get a lot of these. <laughs> Wait, we should link up with them. I know. I know. If you're out there and you have a name similar to ours, let's be friends. Let's be the same. Let's be the same. Andrew, uh, thank you so much for this beautiful cat day. Oh, my pleasure, Anna. Thank you for listening. And for everyone who's out there listening in their little in their little houses with their cribs full of cats and their and their um, boats full of cats, <laughs> get, get out. out forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.